What's up, what's up, what's up, what's up, what's up? Hey, man, y'all done did it again. Tuned in to another episode of All Truth No Chaser. I am your host, Larry S. White II. And hey, man, I tell y'all this all the time, but I am so privileged that you are having me today. Listen, um, I do have quite the story for you guys because what do we do and how do we manage when we're going to have a baby and things don't go as planned. What is what is the plan then when things don't go as planned or things don't go as you thought or as you desired? So get in this ride, put that seatbelt on, and let's get into it. When you feel as though you're having a baby, just to realize everything that you was excited about. We got to change the picture a little bit. We have to pivot, I believe, is the correct word. And sometimes we as men don't do a good job pivoting when necessary. We want to muscle a situation that doesn't need muscling. So, Kendrick, how you doing today, brother? I'm doing fantabulous, sir. Fantabulous, fantabulous. <laughs> so, um... Let me be fully transparent. Uh, we go to a U of H game, and I knew you and your wife was going to be there. And I'm all excited. Now, that morning, I, was, I already had, like, an episode concept idea in my head built around autism because I was in special ed as an educator. And I was just curious about how fathers feel when their child is autistic and then we get to the stadium and I see you and then I see your son and I was like oh wait a minute <laughs> but I didn't want to come off like thirsty and so and I'm trying to be so sensitive about it <laughs> and so I kind of pull you aside and I'm like hey uh would you, would you want to do an episode about, you know, your son, you? And I'm, and I'm already insecure about it, um, trying to do that, not, don't stare, like that part. Yeah. And, every, and you're like, yeah, sure. So we're sitting at this table, y'all, and I'm whispering to my wife. Now, mind you, Kendrick's wife is there, too. She's in earshot. I feel like she got them, uh, don't you be whispering in my house because I hear you ears. <laughs> Yeah, I hear everything. I hear everything. And I'm like, and my wife says I don't know how to whisper, so it could be some of that. And your wife's like, so what y'all talking about on the episode? <laughs> and my wife like goes, and she's like, uh, changes the topic so smoothly. Because I was like, we just going to talk about, because uh, you don't want to come off disrespectful, and you don't want to come off rude, and you don't want to come off insensitive. Yeah. To the circumstance. Now, I appreciate your understanding. Yeah, and which is it's just crazy because we like to tell Carter's story to everybody. Yeah, anyone, anyone that want to hear it. Yeah, we tell a story. So before we jump into Carter, how long you been married, man? How did you meet your wife? So, all right, we eighteen years in the game. Wait, y'all been married eighteen years? Eighteen years. So it'll be nineteen years a month from now, December eighteenth. Man, I. I um, 
gonna make sure I keep your number so when I'm not happy with my wife, you can be like, look, <laughs> I've been there. Yeah. But we need that, right? We need that because exactly. we don't really have that grandmotherly figure. Our grandparents have been married 60, 70 years. That's so rare to see today. Married a long time and been through a lot of ups and downs. Yeah. And that's so my counselor that I speak with, that I talk to on a weekly basis. Wait, wait, okay. Sidebar. <laughs> Kendrick's wife is a counselor. So you got a different one? I do. See, you can't have, your wife can't be a counselor. That's, wait, why that's you go to counselor? <laughs> why you, <laughs> if you go to counselor to deal with your counselor. So when y'all have arguments, do your wife be like, tell me why you feel this way? <laughs> <laughs> or we have arguments, she's like, you go tell that to your counselor? Bruh. <laughs> you be mad? I'm like, yeah, yes I am. Yes. <laughs> I would, I would imagine, yo, so, like, does she be reading you? She tried to. Yeah, and she'll it's, so she'll try to break it out. She was like, "All right, I'm not gonna be in my counselor phase right now. I'm gonna be in my <laughs> wife phase or whatever case." And try to break it out like that. I'm like, I ain't ask you for all that. It's it's hard. It's hard to, it's to hard turn to that off. Yeah, turn that off. But yeah. I guess you you guys figure out how to maneuver in that. Yeah, we, you just accept that from her. Like, if if we have a disagreement, she's gonna therapeutic me. I know she's gonna come from a different perspective than me, or a yeah. different area than me, and yeah. that's just that's just how she is. That's just training that she's gained over the years, and you know, she's really good at what she do. So yeah. it's hard to turn it off. So you can't just take all the information that you gained over these years Did she and feel- set it to the side. You you bring that into the conversation, yeah, to help better the conversation. Because she's talking to other people, and she probably oh, okay. I've seen this in my office. Yeah, I've seen this with somebody else or whatever the case may be. Yeah. But I go to counseling to better myself. So. Did she feel like you cheating on her because you got a different therapist? Nah, she want me to. I bet she do, does She want me to. She want me to. <laughs> she want me to go see another therapist. God. You know, she'd be like, you know, I don't want to have this conversation with you. Go talk to your therapist about it. Yeah. <laughs> that feels like, to me, outside looking, that feel like jabs. Nah. 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 Yeah. It's like, one of the, I don't want to talk to you about this. Go talk to your counselor about this. And then let's come back to the table. But I can imagine that keeps the water for being so murky. Yeah. You know, because you're not, you've already, you've already game planned it somewhere else. So when you come back home to have the conversation, you got necessary tools to have that conversation in a healthy way. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So y'all don't be like yelling at each other. Nah. Anime eat the cake. Nah. Nah. That's good. Nah. I don't, we don't. We Plus, we were like that in the beginning. My I'm years. not a yellow person anyway. I don't yeah. yell. I'm I'm more of a laid back, calm, cool, collected type person. Like, I would no I would, conflict. I would say your kids would disagree because I don't yell at my baby. I can be talking to her just like this, and yeah. she'll be like, "It feels like you're yelling at me." <laughs> I'm like, what did I say to you? He has got a different perspective. <laughs> yeah. Even my wife, even my wife, she'll be like, the, your, the, your calmness of communicating with me hurts my feelings. <laughs> my wife said, why are you yelling? I was like, I'm not yelling. I'm at a 10, I'm a 10 at the decibel scale. Here. I'm, a, I'm a calm, cool, collective fella. I, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't yell. So how did y'all meet, man? Conflict. How did y'all meet? So we met in high school, about a, about a, uh, believe it or not. So, 
the girl I was dating was friends with my wife and actually introduced me to who's now my current wife at the time. Oh, this is my friend. Yes. This is my friend. <laughs> hey, friend. So from that point on, we've been cool. Mm. All through high school, we was cool, cool friends. Everybody thought we was dating. I was like, no, I got a whole girlfriend over here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, we, we, we good. And then we got to uh, college. First year in college. What school? I went to U of H. Oh, go Cougs. There we go. <laughs> she went to Southwest Texas. So sad. Which is now Texas State. I'm sorry. They but they're cha- Bobcats, though. They changed the name, yeah. They're Bobcats. So it's all in the cat family. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's all, all good. It's all the same. And we have been chewing around, we have been toying around, you know, being friends and stuff like that. And then when we graduated from high school and we got to college and then I was like, no, we should, let's, let's, let's get together. Well, she was on some, she was on some BS. <laughs> For lack of better words. Yeah. So she was like, all right. So then I go out, I get me another girlfriend. Mm. She saw that. She was like, oh, no. She was oh. like. Oh, no, no, no. We can't have it. She felt threatened. Nah. Let's go ahead and make this official. <laughs> oh, you don't want me? She do. Okay, fine. <laughs> yeah. So, March 18th, 2001. Wow. We officially became boyfriend girlfriend. Okay. How old were you? I know how old I was. 2001? Yeah. This is it's not a trick question. I'm, I'm trying to figure What year were you born? I'm at. I was born in 81. Okay, you were you were 20. 20? Yeah. I'm, I'm not I'm not that good with, I'm not that quick with the math in my head. Because because in 2000 we were I was 20, you were 19. Yeah. I'm 80. You 80? Okay. So, and that's kind of how I do it. By the, I know my birthday. I know how old I am by the year. Cuz 20. Okay, I'm 20. 21. Are 2001, I'm 21, 2002, I'm 22, because I was born in 1980. Oh, that's easy, man, for you. I just, take, I just take the one and just add another number to it. See? I mean, that, like, yeah, because 2020, I was like, oh, okay, well, I guess now I'm 40. Yeah. You know, I'm 41. I mean, that's that's how I'm able to keep up with my own age. Well, I'm, well I was 20 then. I'm sorry for our listeners <laughs> for uh, his difficulty Ignoring his age, <laughs> it's all a blur. From that point on to now, it's all been a blur. Yeah, yeah. So you guys uh, yeah. start dating. So we start you be- dating. You become boyfriend and girlfriend when y'all, and then y'all get married. Yeah, and I was at Texas State like every other weekend, driving up there to go see her. That's a serious drive. It's what two hours? Yeah, yeah. But I ain't care. I leave on a Friday, stay up there the whole weekend, come back hey, Sunday see you, night. Baby. Yeah, yeah. I'm locking it down. And she'll come. She'll come back home. Yeah. Some of those other weekends too. So it was like, it was cool. So, you you guys get married, and then you have your first child. Have our first child. Yeah. So our first kid, Bryce. January twelfth, two thousand and seven. Did you have Did you have yeah. dreams for him? We like, oh, it's going down. It's going down. First son. First, first round born. draft pick. Yeah. Future lawyer. Thurgood Marshall. He the first on, on both sides. Wow. He the first grandson on both sides. Oh, he's he's super loved. What? 
super love. Super Makes you love. jealous. Super spoiled to the max. Yeah. There was a duplication of everything that we had at our house at his grandparents' house. That's incredible. All the way down to the power wheel. <laughs> Whatever you buy, tell me so I go get it too. <laughs> Two of everything. Wow. Yeah. He'd be over there. Oh, yeah. Living his best life. Yeah, what was love? Yeah. Living, That's beautiful. Living his best life. Still living his best life. Mm. It ain't changed. Yeah. And then um, your second child yeah. was your daughter, right? No, son. Carter. Oh, I thought y'all had three kids. Just two. Okay. Just two boys. So. So, Bryce, and then three years later, Carter. Carter. And so. Three and a half, four, yeah. Um, how was the pregnancy in both instances? So, with Bryce, it was, I say it was smooth, mm. but, you know, what is smooth? It could be a different perspective from the, right. my wife's perspective. But it seemed like everything was cool. Because at the time, I was working for Aetna as an intern. Mm-hmm. And then I came on full-time. And then when I came on full-time, they ended up sending me to Hartford, Connecticut for seven weeks in training to learn everything uh, about insurance. So from sales, account management, leadership, the whole nine. Because mm-hmm. people that go through this program is, are supposedly groomed to be the next leaders within the organization. So I spent seven weeks up there, but I would come home every other weekend. And that's when Bryce was like a baby baby. He wasn't even walking then. Right. And I remember I was in Connecticut when he actually took his first steps. How'd that feel? I was like, damn, I'm missing it. Mm. I'm missing it. Did you feel like uh, that the traveling... It's like a detriment. Yeah, it's hard. Because this is your first kid. Yeah, it's the first kid. And during that time, my wife and my son, they were building their stronger bond with mm-hmm. each other. So they was doing everything. And, of course, I'm I'm away trying yeah. to provide for the family, right? Wife understands, but the baby, like, where you at? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I see him when I see him, when I get back. And then, Wait, so he, you said he was a, he was one? He wasn't even, yeah. I don't even think he was one. He's not even a full one yet. So what was it like? What was it like? A newborn is twenty, a thirty-hour job. It's like nonstop. But he, this kid, so I can say that his uh, pediatrician like set the foundation for his growth and how we would raise him going forward. Yeah. And I say that to say, like one of the examples he gave us, he said, "Babies are gonna cry." Don't be afraid of a baby crying. He said, put him in the room. You can put whatever play toy or whatever the case may be, but put him in a room when it's bedtime and leave him in there. <clears throat> and I I say for about for the first week, maybe, or five days. Like he would cry, cry, cry. But then after that, put him in his room, he would go to sleep. Slept the whole night. Wow. Because y'all ain't have him in the bed or that bassinet joint that's right by the bed. None of that. None of that. He was he was good. The whole night? The whole night. Even to the point where I remember one time we had we had some party at the house. Mm. Took him to his room, put him down, sleep the whole night. No wow. issues. 
we just having a good old party downstairs. Well, that doesn't that still doesn't mean that the wife isn't exhausted. Yeah, it you doesn't. Know. And I know she was. I know she was tired. Yeah, but to the extent of how tired she was, I don't. I really don't know. I guess it, it could. It wasn't, especially if you're sleeping throughout the night, so you're not having that midnight feeding. Yeah, I doze off. It's two o'clock feed. Like you guys were able to. Bryce was able to adapt to that schedule because of the boundaries that y'all set. So, and he it, was a good kid. So, I mean, it, it so she was able to get rest. Yeah, and it didn't seem like it was a lot. Yeah, and I think that's you know God's playing the game on you, like. Oh, yeah, that's first one. Good. Go ahead for that second. So you guys didn't really have that um, discontent of we got this new baby. I'm by myself and you gone. Yeah, I know you working, but it seems like you living your best life while I'm over here going through it. Nah, that's beautiful. man. That's beautiful, man. Yeah, that was. A, yeah, I know that can be a rare occasion. Yeah, because I'm over here like, no, 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 it was it was good. Yeah. It was good, and which so, made us go into all right. Oh yeah, a, we, we can do this. this. Yeah, we can do this together. Bryce was so easy. Let's go. So now I'm saying this. Bryce was so easy. <laughs> it could be a whole different conversation. Ask Crystal the same thing. Wait a minute, <laughs> not no. Yeah, yeah. That is not but, my. But you know about a woman's body. <laughs> not my experience. Yeah. yeah, we we had this whole idea. We was like, all right. When we was talking early on in our engagement, talking about, oh, yeah, we're going to have four kids, and yada, yada, yada. <laughs> we got to Carter and was like, nah, I don't want to have no more. So what was that pregnancy <laughs> like when Carter shows up? Yeah, so Carter was completely different than Bryce's. Okay. So at the time, my wife worked for this school district. She was a uh, counselor. And just the environment in that school district was terrible. Mm. Just the leadership, the whole nine was just not good whatsoever. So she's dealing with all that stress. Mm -hmm. At the same time, she's pregnant with Carter, mm -hmm. which I'm convinced that the stuff that she had to deal with when she was at that school district may have had some, some impact. Yeah. Yeah. On his birth. But as far as like, the birth and going to term and stuff like that. Everything was cool. Right. He was born. Everything was. So there were no red flags with that, that juice they make them drink and all that kind of whatnot. Everything was like nah. beautiful, healthy baby on the way. Beautiful, healthy baby. Okay. He coming. He, he on term. He, she had a, because she's so small, she had to have a C-section. So she had a C-section with Bryce. Mm-hmm. And then she had to have a sing session with Carter. Mm -hmm. And crazy enough, so one of our favorite songs is Regulator. <laughs> so before the pregnancy, I mean before the birth, we sit in the parking lot, listen to Regulators, and then go in for the surgery. <laughs> what What is it about Warren G that made having a baby okay? Like, I'm, I'm so... I don't know. I don't know. It was a clear sight move. Yeah. We listen to Warren G before we go into the hospital. This DJ be Warren G. Yeah, we about to have this baby yeah, Crip walking yeah. in there. <laughs> <laughs> that is so awkward. <laughs> that is crazy. Anyway, 
did, did y'all play Warren G when they was in the crib? Like, do your kids listen to Warren G today? Nah, and it, no. They, no. they, no clue. They, they know the story though. Yeah. Every, every, we tell them all the time. Before we went to go have you, we just listened to Warren G in the car. <laughs> what? Yeah. Nothing but, about that song. Like, what? That's a, that's just random. Extremely. But anyway. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, uh, Carter's good. He was born, um, C-section. Everything. Everything. Typical time in the hospital. A little two days, two, three days. Mm-hmm. We was back home. Everything was cool. Okay. We rolling along. So, of course, he's going to his doctor getting regular checks and stuff like that. So, his pediatrician, the same pediatrician that got us straight with Bryce and kind of told us, you know, how to get him right. Um, they were like, okay, we go do our typical, you know, run blood tests and yada, yada, yada. So, this was at, he was... Uh, Two months, three months. I think it was three months because it, it was Black Friday. Um, Black Friday, two thousand and ten, because mm-hmm. he was born August third, two thousand and ten. So that November, and the reason I know this because my godson was born Black Friday mm-hmm. or the day before mm-hmm. Thanksgiving, actually, uh, two thousand and ten, and we was at the hospital visiting him. And then we get the call from the doctor saying, hey, I need y'all to take Carter to the ER right now. What? Yeah. Okay. What? Take him to the ER. Yes. His blood work came back and there's some abnormalities. Mm. So we need to get this checked out. We took him to the hospital that day and he was in the hospital from that day until past Christmas. As a patient? As a patient, inpatient. Like, not just going, going home and coming back, like... No, he, he, he went he, to the hospital and got admitted. Wow. Okay. So, yeah. mentally, do you know where you were at that time? Like, you don't know nothing right now. I don't know you? nothing, just worried. Like, okay, what's really going on? Mm. What are they talking about with the blood work? Oh, we got to run some more tests. Uh, he's really anemic right now, so he may need a blood transfusion. Like, what? What? What's really going on? What's your wife doing? She's just looking. She's like, well, she's in a panic mode, too. Or mm. I wouldn't say, like, full-on panic, but, like, concerned, like, highly concerned. Like, okay, mm. what's really going on? Mm. What's happening? I would imagine it feels like being in a blank, empty space. Yeah, you don't know what you don't know. You right. don't know what's going on. Like, Are they giving you any answers about anything? No, because they don't know anything. So it's like, mm. we really don't know what's going on. We don't know why he's really anemic like this and mm. why he's having a, why he's going to need a blood transfusion. Mm. Um, we're going to have to run some more tests. So did that go on? Run test, run test, run test. This is a couple of days of running tests. Mm-hmm. Trying to figure out what's going on. Why is this, why is he doing that? Mm-hmm. And like I said, from that point on, it's been like 
seems like a blur because it's like so much stuff happened mm-hmm. during that time frame from that Black Friday all the way until he was say five years old. Yeah. It was in and out of the hospital, running tests, trying to figure out what's going on. Mm-hmm. So during one of these this stint when he was in the hospital, because then they, of course, they released him home, and then, um, and then of course he got to go back to the hospital because at that point in time it was like, okay, he's really anemic, so we're gonna have to, you know, blood, do these blood transfusions like once every two weeks to make sure he's right. So, okay, anemic. Anemic. So that was the first part. Right? Explain this. To, explain that to me. Your blood count, your white blood count is low. So that means he can't fight off infection. Yeah. Because you know what it is? In my head, right, when I hear anemic, I'm thinking about people who chew ice, but I, maybe that's low iron. Yeah. The same okay. thing. It's it, about, it's yeah. the same thing, isn't it? Low iron, yeah. And people that's with low iron, they can't give blood. Right. Yeah. Okay. So your whole, his whole immune system is, you know, pretty much compromised. Right. So... They got to make sure that everything is okay. So as they're doing all this butt work and stuff like that, trying to figure out what's going on, they find out that he has a, what they call a portal hypertension. It's a major vein that goes from the liver to, um, now I'm trying to remember. It's a major vein that goes from the liver to another body organ. Okay. Well, it was either uh, never developed mm. or it like clotted off at some point in time. Mm-hmm. So when that happened, the body, what it does is create different pathways, pathways to uh, travel or for the blood to travel. Mm-hmm. One of them was through the esophagus. Mm. And they said... The amount of blood that's traveling through the esophagus is not meant to go that way. Mm-hmm. And the example they gave me, they were like, "Yes, yeah, just imagine uh, your little side street right here, and you got everybody on I ten trying to go through this side street, backed up, backed up." Mm-hmm. So with that causes varices, it bulges inside the esophagus. Wow! And these bulges could burst at any time. Mm-hmm. And they said, because of his age, his size, we don't have the technology to stop the bleeding if that were to happen. <laughs> so if that were to happen, it could be a catastrophic event. Where you at when you hear that? Don't know what to do. Basically, like in a sunken place because you feel like you you can't help. You don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. You can't help your child. And imagine being in a place like that where you can't help your child. Everything that you can do in your power is outside of your power. You mad at God? Trying to understand what's going on. Why? Why does this have to happen to my child? Mm Mm-hmm. You get to one of those places. Like, why does this happen now to my child? Okay. 
What about prayer? You feel like you got to do that? In my head, right? Because I know you, you love your kids almost as much as I love mine. <laughs> and um, I don't even know if I would have the energy receiving this information. Do I pray? Would I know how to pray? Would I like? Do I even have the mental capacity to even talk to God right now? You know? Yeah, God, please help me. Like, can what, I? Do I have the mental capacity to, to say that? And it to me, and and I get into one of these states where, if something is like super overwhelming, just shut down. So, it's too much stuff coming at me at one point in time. I can't handle all of it right now. So. What do you do? You shut down. It's one of those, you know, fight or flight. Responses. I think that's normal, man. Like I'm asking myself. I think that is the response to shut down. Yeah. In that moment. It's it's because it's like how do I? The question is, you get this information. Now you have to process it. Yeah. But how do you process it? In that moment. And you don't even know the questions to ask to even understand what you're receiving at this moment. All you know is you have a baby that is in a ticking time bomb situation and it could explode. You don't have the detonator you can't turn off the detonator you just don't know it's killing me bro so now you got and of course you got the family that they love the baby right so they asking you questions I don't know how you dealing with the questions from the family it gets overwhelming and it gets frustrating at the same time to the point where it's me and my wife, we talk and, and we was like, we, we don't want to answer no questions. We don't want to talk to nobody. We just trying to figure out and understand what we got in our hands right now and how to deal with this. Are you able to be there for her in this moment? Like, is that it? You get this information. You already can't process anything. But you see your wife, as she's receiving this information, what's that like? I, that's our saving for us together. Yeah. Bouncing off of each other. Leaning on each other. Help each other out. Yeah. Being able to talk to each other about how we're feeling. Uh, outside of what everybody else is throwing at you. So... I would imagine, like, when I think of my wife, if we were in a situation like that, you kind of have, like, that unspoken support. Yeah. Because you didn't leave. No. You didn't go for a walk. Um, And I think that's important because as men, we have to do collectively, right? Collectively as men, we have to do a better job at standing Standing in the fear. Yeah. 
I don't think collectively we do a good job at standing in the fear. Doesn't necessarily mean we run from it, but I think there are certain times when the fear is there, we have to be able to stand in it before we go gather ourselves. Yeah. And understand what we got going on. She did she did a great job. I mean, I'm not gonna lie, she she held it up. Yeah. And from the outside, us talking with each other, we were a collective team. That's beautiful. We were yeah. we were the team. Yeah. So imagine having this information thrown at you. So this is all before um before he's nine months old. Mm. So all this information being thrown at you. We have a youngster at the house, Bryce, who's three. Mm. He still has to live his life and enjoy himself. Mm-hmm. Of course, grandparents stepped up and helped out a, a lot with that because they knew what we were going through. So You needed to be invested here. We got this. Yeah, so their support was, okay, we're going to make sure that Bryce is good. Mm-hmm. We're going to take care of him while y'all dealing with this because we know it's a lot and mm-hmm. we can kind of get the sense that Y'all dealing with this, and y'all ain't got time to be. <laughs> I'm not gonna keep asking you questions. all these questions, so <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna just stay over here. Yeah, we gonna stay over here. We just gonna take care of Bryce. We gonna try to help you from the outside, whatever we can do. You know? And that's good because you don't want to. When you got that kind of weight, and people, for me, that kind of weight, and I'm trying to manage it, but I keep getting questions from over there. You end up blowing up. Yeah, I'm already struggling. <laughs> I don't got no. I don't got no bandwidth. For, for to tell you I don't know. Yeah. When you know I don't know. I ain't got time for that right now. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to deal with the information that's been given to me. And I'm yeah. trying to process it. And I don't even know the answers that I asked. And And I don't want to hear your questions. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to figure it out myself. Yeah. Yeah. I so got it. This is before he's nine months old. Right. So all right. Doctors got the game. The doctors are like, okay, we we think we know what we're going to do. He's going to need a liver transplant. Because <laughs> a liver transplant is going to come with that portal vein. We're going to be able to hook him back up. And that will solve this esophageal varices issue. Mm-hmm. Still doesn't address the anemia, blood issue, but... <laughs> this is a, this this is a start. Is, yeah, this is, this is a start, and this is priority number one. Because this thing can burst at any time, and... Uh, a liver transplant in nine months is I didn't know we were doing that yeah so look we got on the liver transplant list so mind you this is 2000 and at this time it's 2011 yeah 2011 and now they dishing out pagers it was like if you get a page okay yeah got a liver seen it on TV I said but we got cell phones. You can call me. That's a lot quicker. Right. <laughs> you can send me a text. That's a lot quicker, too. Yeah. Why, why are we still using pages? Yeah. In 2011 like this. It's not a two-way, of course. It's the old school. <laughs> and believe it, I, I still got that pager. At yeah. The house. Like, like, like from, what is it, the wire? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got the wire pager. Beep, 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 beep. I pulled it out the other day. Uh, I forgot what year we pulled it out. Show my son. was like. 
Bryce, you know what this is? <laughs> the pager. We used to use this back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> this is how we used to communicate with this people. Is, you got to be, you knew somebody was trying yeah. to reach you. Especially if they did 911 behind it. It was it's an emergency. emergency. <laughs> <laughs> or them two ways. You'd be like, yeah, can you two way tell Bobby I said get home? <laughs> <laughs> so, this is going on. We on the transplant list. So, this whole anemia thing. Of course, his immune system is compromised, so mm-hmm. he can get sick at any time. And whenever he gets sick, it's a whole ordeal. So was he in like one of them bubbles? It, not in the bubble, but he was always getting sick, cold, yeah. mm-hmm. flu, whatever the case may be. Whenever that happens, you got to go to the hospital. Mm-hmm. Literally, every time he got a cold or something like that, we had to go to the hospital, and we're in the hospital for a couple of days. Right. Well. One of these times. But why are you guys on the transplant list? He is at home with you guys. Yes. Okay. Okay. Well, one of these times he goes, he's sick, and he has to go into the hospital. So he goes into the hospital a couple of days, whatever. And then, um, like the day before he was supposed to be released to go back home, because they're like, all right, his temperature is coming back down, everything is fine, yada, yada. And we're like, I don't know, something ain't right. Something don't seem right with him. Like mm-hmm. he's like, lethargic uh just not not his not his self and my doctor was like no no no, he, no he's he's fine he'll be fine to go home yada 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 they release us from the hospital we get back to the house and he's still like lethargic and just not feeling right mm-hmm. just not looking right so take him over to his primary care physician same primary care physician, mm-hmm. take him over there. I take him over there. The primary care physician looks at him and said, he's either had a stroke or he's having a stroke right now. Wow. Life flight him back to the hospital. And you're like, I told you. How you feel? After I told you, come home, doctor says, because if you didn't go to the doctor, this would have been a whole nother conversation. How, yeah. Where you at? So, of course, I'm mad. Are we hot? Explain. At, at, the, at, the, at, the, at the physician at the hospital because he's a, I don't know if he's an attending or something like that, some young physician or whatever the case may be. Right. So. You have words with him? No, because they, after they do their rounds, I, I don't even know who this cat is. Wow. I don't even know who he is. Okay. He he wasn't one of the regular doctors. Yeah, he's just he was just a fill in that day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So of course we get back to the hospital. They asking all these questions. So you know, so what happened? I was like, well, he was here yesterday. Yeah, and we told you, and now he's back because he's mm-hmm. either had a stroke or he's having a stroke. Mm-hmm. And uh. It didn't dawn on me at the time. I was like, these jokers could have been in a real class action lawsuit. Mm-hmm. But you're not thinking about it at the time. You just want your baby to be better, right? Mm-hmm. And you want to find out, okay, why is he having? Why is he having a stroke mm-hmm. at nine? This is at nine months old. Why wow. is he having a stroke at nine months old? And they asking you what happened? Yeah. So now we, oh, we got to run some more tests, tests, and figure out what's going on and well come to find out it was a blood clot 
in his leg that traveled all the way up to his brain, mm. which caused the stroke. Mm. So he's in the hospital for a month. Jesus. A whole month. And they're like, okay, it was a blood clot. Okay, we got to get them on some type of blood thinners. We don't know what type of blood thinners we can get them on. Let's get them on these. Let's start them off. Yada, yada, yada. We're going to run these tests. And there for a whole month. A month later, has another major stroke. So this, so the first stroke he had was on his left side. The second stroke he had was even bigger, and it went from his left side and partially through his right side as well. So he didn't have two major strokes within two months. Mm-hmm. So now they're like, oh, well, these, these blood thinners ain't the one we got them on. We need to get them on something. We really need to break up these blood clots mm-hmm. and really understand what's going on. Because if, it, if it's a stroke on the left side, it affects the right side of the body, correct? Yeah. Okay. So he's partially paralyzed on the right side. Because of these strokes. Because of these strokes. So if these strokes would have never happened, he would have been running around like everybody else. Yeah. Wow. Anyway. Yeah. Moving on. Two of them. So they got him on some different medications to break up the blood clot. So they have to do some medication to break up the blood clots because then they start doing these scans and stuff like that. So you got mm-hmm. blood clots in his legs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. They break those up, get them on these blood thinners to make sure that those blood clots don't form anymore. Yeah. Why is he having blood clots? They still don't know. To this day, they still don't know. Mind you, he's 13. Incredible. Yeah. So all of this is going on. Mm-hmm. We in the hospital. We get to a point where, so my wife was a counselor at the uh, school district, mm-hmm. and I was working for the insurance company. Yeah. A month in the hospital. Mind you, we had already been in the hospital for months before that, and then there will be months after. But we get to a point where it's like, but well, we both can't be working. Right. And right. taking care of him. Right. So we got to figure something out. Got to pivot. Got to pivot. All right. Babe, since you heavily involved, I was like, I can stay home and we could just live off of your salary. No. I'll stay home and then we'll just live off of yours. Yeah. So that's what we end up having to do. He has two strokes, needs a liver transplant, and my man ain't even a year old. Yes. So as soon as he had those strokes, they was like, okay, liver transplant is off the list. Wow. They was like, well, yeah, because he has these clots. We can't, we can't yeah. be cutting you open yeah. if we don't know. We can't do that. Did they take him off the list or they just put him on pause? They took him off the list. Yo, I'm so mad right now. So, we still got the situation with the esophagus. We still got that mm-hmm. in the back. That ticking time bomb that can burst at any time. They can't, like, drain it? Uh, they have to literally 
completely cut off their blood supply to that esophagus. So, <clears throat> so we said, uh, um, what are we going to do now? Yeah. So for the next couple months, it's like, all right, he's off the liver transplant list. Okay, what are we going to do now? He's had these strokes. Okay, we got him on these blood thinners. So we got to make sure that he doesn't have these blood clots anymore and he have any more strokes. Okay, he's good with that. But we still don't know why he's having blood clots. And we still don't know why he is anemic. And the doctors, they talking to all these other doctors and they trying to figure something out. They running all kinds of tests and stuff like that. They still can't figure it out. It's like, all right, well, there was this one procedure that was done by, I forget what kind of doctor. It may have been in Japan or something like that. I don't know what it was. But um, it was a procedure where they, where they um, cut off the supply mm-hmm. to the esophagus, the blood supply to the esophagus. And I asked the doctor, I was like, so what happened when you do that? Mm-hmm. He was like, the body will just create different pathways. Right. I was like, what the, what, what, and we don't know what those will look like. He was like, no, we don't know what those will look like. I was like, okay. I was like, when can we do a procedure like that? And right. they were like, well, he has to be bigger. He has to gain some more weight. So I was like, okay. So the game plan is get this joker up to speed or his weight up. Get his weight up. Right? So he could be big enough to have this procedure done. So we doing all this stuff. All right, we got to get him on this because he wasn't growing like he's supposed to be growing as well. Is it it's done this growth? Yeah, he's a little guy now. So we're like, okay, we got to. So he on his feeding tube, trying to get his weight up, trying to get him up so he can so he can be prepared for this procedure. That's crazy. Yeah, this this procedure where they cut off the supply, right? So, uh, I mean, they, the whole time you're telling the story, I'm not even considering the fact that he's not growing. Yeah. Like, he's okay. <laughs> so then, um, so we got we we uh, we got this game plan right, mm-hmm. and. One night, because we had the cameras in the room. Got the cameras in the room. Cause at home. At home. Yeah. Baby cameras. We always keep an eye on them, see what he's mm-hmm. doing at night. One night, we hear something. Go up to his room, and it looks like a murder scene. Bruh. One of the the Pharisees in his esophagus had burst, and he's like throwing up blood all over the place. And I go in there and I see blood like all over the place, and I'm like in a shock, straight shock. Are you are you moving? Or are you looking? I'm looking. I like pause for a second. My wife say that I do it. She said I pause. She went into action. Oh, we got to do this. Yeah. 
And then it finally, I finally, you know, come to come to. It may have been thirty seconds, or it seemed like it was longer than that. But in the moment, yeah. in the moment, it was like okay, rush him to the hospital immediately. He's losing so much blood. They got to do blood transfusion. Um, they uh, get him into the ER, to the ER emergency room, and literally they have they have to um, stick a rod into like his thigh and pump blood back into his body. Jesus, like he's going in and out of consciousness. So me and my wife are literally sitting in the corner over there, like hugging each other, wondering if our child is gonna make it through the night. And when I say I was like in a different place, like praying, God, please don't take my child away from me. And I'm yelling his name. Because they keep, because they was like, talk to him, uh, you know, mm-hmm. keep him conscious or whatever the case may be. So I'm yelling his name in the corner. Hey, bud. Hey, hey. But it's hard. Mm-hmm. It's hard for me to do that. Mm-hmm. They finally get, I guess, all the blood that they need in them. And the esophagus is stopped bleeding, I guess, at that stop for a second and they're like well, well we got to do this procedure now it was like we just got to do it yeah just got to try yeah so the very next day they end up doing the procedure and in that procedure they found out that his spleen was uh, swollen as well so they had to take his spleen out why well, they did that but he came out the procedure and he was fine Oh, I think just at this part of the story, I was like, like, hey, I personally can't take no more. (laughs) I mean, I understand today. Yeah. You know, but just, yeah, okay. But just going through it. Yeah. So all of this is going on and still got to take care of Bryce and make sure that he's good. Yeah. How do you balance your attention? It's hard. When... One needs it more, needs ninety five percent, yeah, of both of y'all's attention. And Bryce is like, "You gonna play the? You gonna play catch with me? Yeah. Or, yeah. Can we roll a car around? Like, I, I, I would love to, man. I'm tired. Yeah. Or yeah. I'm at the hospital right now. We at yeah. the hospital right now. So he spent he spent some nights up there at the hospital. Mm-hmm. We all been up there just hanging out the hospital, and I think. Him, from an early on age, I mean, he he was kind of immersed in it, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like one of those deals where it's, it's what I know. I don't know any better. Yeah, this is this is familiar. This, this is familiar. This is life. Mm-hmm. This is what we do. We go to the hospital. This is normal. Yeah. When you don't, when you don't know, like it's yeah. like being born in a Congo right now yeah. with everything that's going on here in a Congo. You think that this is reality, or if you are a slave, you have a baby, that Eight baby grows up. up, this is reality. Exactly. Yeah. I got it. This is it. 
but we try to do everything we can to make sure that he's good. Mm-hmm. Again, grandparents stepping in, helping out mm-hmm. quite a bit in this whole ordeal. But it's a lot. It's heavy you telling it. It is. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's hard to think back on it. All the stuff that we was going through in that short period of time. He has the procedure. He comes out the procedure good. He comes out the procedure good. Of course, he's in the hospital for a couple more, about about two weeks. I guess okay. two, three weeks. After that, he's okay to go home. He's okay to go home. He's the uh, esophagus thing is a, it, a thing of the past now? The esophagus thing is a thing of the past. It's... But they still go in to check. Right. So he does every couple years, they go in to check, make sure everything is still copacetic. Does he still need a new liver? No. So that that procedure fixed all of it? That procedure fixed that, yes. Blood clots were good? Blood clots. So he's still on the blood thinner. Okay. They still haven't figured that out, or why he's having blood clots. Mm-hmm. And, and the anemia. They still haven't figured that out. Mm-hmm. But as far as, like, the medication that he's on right now, the Get everything straight. You mean as of today or then? As of today. Wait. You saying as of today, we still don't know. I have an idea about the blood clot situation. Yeah. As of today, we still don't know why he's having blood clots. Which he's still having today. Well, he's on a blood thinner. With now. that prevents it. Yeah. But what you're saying is, without that, we may be back there. Yep. And he's probably be on blood thinners for life until they figure it out. And then his anemia, to this day, they still haven't figured it out. So when you find out pregnant with Carter, what was the, well, let's start with Bryce. Yeah. How were, what did you envision for his life? And like before... You have your kids, you know, naturally, as they grow and evolve, you have to allow them to go on their journey. Yeah, but, but I'm thinking many, many. Before, they, before we get to that, right? Before yeah. we get to, okay, all right, clearly, like for my son, all right, football is out the question. My mans don't like football. Yeah. Football, American or soccer. Like, he's cool. Yeah. Not for him. But I had to give that up. Or same with my daughter. Yeah. Like, I'm thinking, yeah, we're going to the Olympics. We swimmers, that's what we're doing. My, I'm gonna go get, I'm gonna go get the Olympic tattoo. Yeah, I'm not my kid. Is the Olympic swimmer? Like, had to give it, that up. Did you, for Bryce? What did you envision for him when you're like, yeah, this is what we gonna be doing? Yeah, I played sports. Yeah, football, ran track. Uh, Bryce, he is natural born athlete. That's 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 so you, his deal. You you do get to live that part. Yeah, yeah. He go he he go he go do that. Well, but I know then, that, though. I actually know that, yeah. But then he don't want to play football. So, you, well, I'm not mad at that either. No, and then and now that we learn all this stuff about CTE and... Yeah, that's why I'm like, I'm good. Yeah, but we're like... I yeah. thought I thought soccer would be, like, the best next step. And I'm yeah. like, oh, man, they got it bad, too. <laughs> yeah, but no, track. Track? But, you know, soccer, they're getting paid 500 You get a billion-dollar contract. Oh, yeah, you get, you, <laughs> the boys is... boys getting a bag. <laughs> all of it. Yeah. Yeah. Not like track, though. Not like track. But, but you it, still have a beautiful yeah. life just running around in a circle. Yeah. Yeah. And you just running. In a circle. Yeah. Chilling. And he like it. And he fast. Bonus. Yeah. 
and yeah. you ain't got to worry about no head trauma. Worst thing you can worry about is a pull hamstring or ankle. <laughs> bad knees, bad, <laughs> bad ankles. Yeah. So, you know, so you find out you're pregnant with Bryce and you're like, yeah, you know, put my son in this and it's going to be great. Um, what were the dreams that you had for Carter? Same. And I was like, okay, Carter going to be, oh, he and I got two boys. Oh, I'm oh, taking is, over. This is the start of a, <laughs> a basketball roster. Yeah. I was like, we, oh yeah, we in this thing. We, yeah. These, they going to do everything that I was doing. We gonna be right there side by side. We I'm got young enough to be able to. We play got with apple these slices. Kids. Come on, man! I'm gonna make my kids the lunches I wish <laughs> I had. They gonna have the best life. Yeah, don't have to worry for nothing. I mean, we in there. We in there. God, doggy. We in there. I thought I was. We was on. I was in my in my head. Mm. We was on track. So when you find out that. Carter's life is going to be different once the dust settled. Once the dust settled. So you're thinking in my head, I'm thinking, I'm like, okay, okay. All right. Things could still be good. Mm-hmm. My, my, my pipe dreams, I guess, that I had. Still possible. Still possible. Yeah. Yeah. Bryce, he still got the track stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Carter is a little deferred. He'll be all right. We'll find something for him. Mm. Um, so I still got, I still have the vision. Mm. As a matter of fact, I still do. I still think, well, I know that these kids will do something great. I think Carter's, his vision now is a little different. And I think because I've experienced all the stuff that he's been through and then the acceptance that he's gotten from the outside world and and all the stuff that's available for kids with disabilities, differently abled. Yes, I'm sorry. I'm like, I mean, he he may be going further than I could have imagined to begin with. Yeah, I think his his journey. Is, so, you, do you is feel awesome. like you feel like you took you took what you would have desired for him and picked up? You allowed yourself to see other possibilities. Yes, absolutely. Do you think that's normal for us? Or do you feel like, do you feel like if you watch TV, if you watch television, because television is built for entertainment and theatrical essence. Right. And that can misconstrue the reality of real life. Well, people think it is. And so... I, I preface that to say, did you feel like you were less than because your kid did not follow your footsteps? I, no. Or look at him different because he can't do what you do? No. I, didn't, I don't look at it that way. Cause in TV, that's yeah. how the, the mother's over here fighting, and then they make it to where the dad is, yeah, absent. You know, are. And I've seen these deals. I mean, even on TV, where it's like, oh man, I want my son to do this, and he don't want to go down the path that I want him to go down. So 
I feel like a failure. Like I don't, I didn't do what I was supposed to do to get him around that on that track. Thank you. Yeah, that's what I'm getting at. No, I don't feel that at all with Bryce. Do you think that's, that feeling is the true reality, or is a mixture? I mean, it's hard to say, right? Because yeah. we don't, we can't speak. We're not trying to speak for everybody, but I think it's the essence of the essence of confidently being able to accept the circumstance for what it is. Yeah, and realize that just like I try to introduce my kids to a different world outside of what their small little community is, mm-hmm. I, I think I've gotten to the point where that reality of what I expect or what I thought they were going to be mm-hmm. is not that, and it could be a lot, it could be better. Yeah. I mean, sometimes just open up your horizons i mean there's a different world out there that we don't necessarily get to see what about with your marriage do you feel like um carter's situation added stresses on the marriage it added a a tremendous amount of stress on the marriage and we've done we've done um i mean there's studies that say marriages that have a kid with a disability have uh, they fail they fail off a top majority of the time like a high percentage they fail so and it's it's funny me and my wife was having this conversation like we we still together after all these years I was like because we want to be together I was like and I think Carter's situation. It was uh, it, it helped, and it also put a strain as well on the marriage. So all those long nights when we're when all we have is each other mm-hmm. to lean on and deal with this stuff, we the only ones that know what we're going through. Mm-hmm. I think that helped. Did you ever feel like you don't want to do this? No. Never felt that way. Yeah. I did feel like, why am I, why is my son like this? What about looking at your wife? Did you feel like this is your fault? Carter's like this because of you. Nah. The stress that you, yeah. I did blame the school district, though. And the people that she was working with. Yeah. I always often think about that. I'm like, has she not been in that situation? Would this be that? Would this be that? Had I been more successful where she wouldn't have to be in that situation, she Mm. wouldn't be like that. Mm. Could I have done something to remove her from that situation to help out so she had to deal with that? And then I get into these whirlwinds of, you know, what ifs, what ifs, right? And you get down to this rabbit hole of what ifs. Um... It's never ending. It is. So I'm like, all right, step back for a second. Let's look at it from a holistic standpoint. Let's look at it from a positive standpoint. Is everybody is everybody okay? Yeah, we okay. Are we struggling? No, we're not struggling. Do the kids feel like, do the kids seem happy? 
Yeah, kids seem happy. Wife happy. Yeah, wife is happy. Do we have a support from family members and stuff like that if we need to lean on them? Yeah. All right. Are the kids able to experience the world? Yeah, they're able to experience the world. Okay. So it's really not that bad. Do you did you have this revelation when before Carter got here? Were you did did you already have your counselor? No. My counselor was going through Oh no no, she was a counselor then. Yeah. She was a counselor. But then. I mean were you? Oh no. Were you in therapy? No. Do you think because of having therapy dealing with the Carter situation? You speaking that out in that space is the reason why you were able, I guess what I'm getting at, before before you go into counseling, when we think about the stresses that catastrophic situations happen in a marriage. Yeah, trauma, trauma. The trauma. When you, so without, without the counseling part, do you think you and your marriage will still be as healthy as it is, I don't think so. You, I, I, I think counseling really helped. So, there was a point where I just didn't want, I didn't want nothing to do with her. Not happy. And Still what, married. Now, but just not happy, right? Why were you feeling like that? Was it because of this, the, 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 Carter energy, not not Carter himself and what he's dealing with, but the energy, the remnants of it. Yeah, yeah, all the stuff that we have to deal with because of it. Now he's home. He's we home. finally got some solutions. We can kind of find our footing again in our life without hospitals being the day in and day out. The water, the murky brown water, is the sediment is starting to settle. Yeah. Here's the reality, and you're standing here. This is this is what it is going forward. Now, mm. all the things that you wanted to do, right? All your fantasies and the ideas of where you think you should be mm. in your career, mm. where you think you should be, you know, health-wise or marriage-wise, whatever, whatever the case may be. Is it there? All right. Am I being held back because of all the stuff that happened before? So now where everybody else is at the 10-yard line, I'm still at the back of the end zone. That type of deal. And that's what's making you look at this whole marriage scenario like, I'd rather do this by myself. Yeah. But you look at it, you're like, do I really? Do I really want to? do that how long were you in that space a good i'd say about a good two years i think td jakes calls it the cave yeah so you're sitting in you're going through life you're just going making breakfast you're making breakfast you're saying good morning kisses on the frontal lobe kissing the babies but you emotionally your person is in the cave. Yeah. 
And I learned later on, my wife, she was in that same cave. Ain't that something? Yeah. She was in the same cave. She said she was ready to throw in the towel and just be done. Okay, hold on, because I'm not trying to get emotional. <laughs> okay. Um. Yeah. I think. I think we don't do a good job as men. One expressing ourselves, which is the purpose of this community. Agree. I don't think I've ever in this moment when I was in my cave even considered the idea that my wife may be feeling the exact same way I am. Yes. Because you you even if you are aware, you have two ways of looking at it. Yeah. Well, if you feel how I feel, then F it then. Yeah. Which still puts, which still prioritizes my own emotion <laughs> by saying F it then. Yeah. You don't like it, I don't like it, then we don't like it, then forget it. But then there's the other side that says, wow, you, you feel like that too? You was in that space? I'm not by myself. Okay, how can we fix this? <laughs> yeah. Right? How, how can, can we, we fix, fix this? How can we fix this? Because those are the two choices. Yeah. Which side of the coin? Well, clearly, you, you guys are still married yeah. today. But when you realized that she was feeling the exact same way you were feeling, what was your response? This could have been over. This could have been over and... We could have been living our separate lives, but at the same time dealing with the realities of the reality of the of, boys. Of the boys. And I've always had this deal where marriage to me is we get in we get on the altar, we get in front of everybody, and we promise that we're gonna be together till death do us part. Good and bad. Mm-hmm. And I always, t- I always told my wife, I was like, what's the limit on bad? Is there a limit on bad? Mm. I was like, because we didn't put a limit. We didn't say a limit when we got married. So what's the limit? I, I think like, also, we don't, it ain't, it didn't ask if you love them either. Yeah. Is sickness and health up or down? But none of that has anything to do with love. Yeah. And I, and it has I, to do with choice. I told her I love her. Right. And she said, reveal later on, of course, she was like, I love you, but I don't like you. Pow. That part. Yeah. Because I can, I have love for family members. Yeah. I don't like them. She was like, I don't love you. So I she got love, love for you. I love you, but I don't like you. Mm-hmm. And that was her, I call it the, the sucking place. Yeah, yeah. Because marriage is about choosing. Yeah, and I I say I choose you every day. That part. I choose to be married to you every day. It's kind of like when I wake up and we do the diagnostic of the day. Yeah. I still choose to be here. Has nothing to do with love. Has nothing to do if I like you right now. Has Even when we think about our kids. Like, yo, I just... I'm. The choices that you're making right now make me not like you. Yeah. (laughs) 
has nothing to do with I can choose. I could choose to not de- deal with you no more. I could choose to quit. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, well, yeah, just choose. Yeah. But if you can choose to say, I'm here. I don't know what I'm going to do while I'm here, but the yeah. most I could do is be here. Yeah. That's all I got. That's all the bandwidth I got for you today <laughs> is you knowing where I am. Yes. Me telling you. Exactly. I'm sitting in a car right now. I'll be in later. Yeah. And that has to be okay. I'm in a different room, uh, but I'm here. But I'm here. That's all I got for you today. Yeah. And to not push it. It takes a level of maturity to say, I'm going to let you have that space right now. Yeah. Talk to you later. You want a sandwich? (laughs) (laughs) I can make you a sandwich. So I suggested marriage counseling for both of us. Right. And she said no. Why wow. you do it yourself? Yo, that is, <laughs> as I said, I'm very angry <laughs> about that comment. <laughs> I was too. Yeah. I was like, okay, this is some old bull. Um, I was like, all right, well, she don't want to put the effort in, then I don't want to put the effort in. The effort so, as in the marriage. The marriage. Wow. Is that what she it, meant? No. Um, I don't think that's what she meant, but in my head, I'm thinking you don't want to do this, so you don't want this to work. So mm-hmm. why am I putting in effort? Mm-hmm. I might as well just call in the call of the day, throw in a towel, right? Wow. But then I went and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna go see a counselor. Mm. And I went to a counselor. My friend suggested to me this lady and she had gotten divorced (sighs) and her first comment to me was I can't tell you how to stay married I can only tell you how to be happy for yourself boom (laughs) I said oh okay because that's the key yeah that's the key being happy for you for yourself being happy for yourself so I, I saw her a couple of times and then I went and, and then I found another counselor, a black guy, mm-hmm. black man. Cause I was like, so this lady, she was a white, white older lady. Mm-hmm. She had some good, some good gems and you know, she was dropping and stuff like that. But then when I went and saw the other guy, he was like, yeah. And he just confirmed about, you know, being happy for yourself. Right. Mm hmm. And literally, I, it, it seems like I changed my focus. Mm. I was like, if I'm not happy, then the people around me are not happy, mm-hmm. which creates a not nice environment. So why not work on bettering myself? Mm-hmm. So that's what I worked on, bettering myself, making myself happy. As a result things turned on the opposite side with the marriage um still dealing with stuff with the kids but i just felt better because it's dealing, you're not looking for external happiness yeah. yes yeah it's all coming from within mm-hmm. and i can make myself happy i can still be happy and as a result the rest of the family is happy because wow. 
they see me happy and that happiness is contagious and mm-hmm. we just going on. And I noticed once I started doing that, my wife went from I love you and I like you. Yeah. As opposed to I love you and I don't like you. Because you you you, you got to like you for somebody else to want to like you. Yeah. You got to tolerate yourself for somebody else to want to tolerate you. Exactly. And if you don't like what you're looking at, you can't ask somebody else to like what they're looking at. Right. That's just not how it works. Yeah. So, and then along with that, you know, liking myself, making sure I take care of myself, um, setting boundaries and, um, with friends and family and stuff like that. There's some other things in there as well that mm-hmm. I was working on. But, I mean, at the end of the day, it helped. Wow. In one of the conversations I had with the counselor, he said, um, I was like, what if we get to one of those situations where we don't like each other anymore and we don't want to, you know, continue? He was like, look, he was like, y'all have had good days. Y'all have had bad days. You've been through the worst, in your opinion. Mm-hmm. He was like, the good thing is you know how to overcome it. He was like, so if that problem ever presents itself you know how to deal with it and cut it off at the head because one thing's for sure what you're dealing with here ain't got nothing compared to what you was dealing with over there yeah so you the you've tackled the major obstacle why are you letting this tiny obstacle get in your way yeah they're achilles yeah step over to keep moving you done lost both your legs over there (laughs) and you put them back on (laughs) You finna quit because of a sprained ankle? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Small potatoes. Wow. It's a different perspective. Maturity and growing up. So, Man, God's plans are God's plans. And the fact of the matter is we will never be able to understand God's plans. We will never be able to articulate why God does what he does. We just have to have faith. And we have to believe that the pain, the disappointment, the anguish, the heartache that we go through is not for nothing. All it does is build up our testimonies. And if you believe your testimony has power, you might not be as lost as you think. Y'all be easy. Peace.